Hey guys, welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. For some reason, okay, this is my first attempt at doing one of these live, uh, and for some reason I clicked the wrong scene and you saw the waveforms recording rather than my face, and the face of my co-host for today's episode, Lainey, my daughter. Hi. Hi, Lainey. Welcome to the Hi. show. Look. Thank you so much. Look, she's a real, she's a real person. She's I'm a real person. At least a real, I exist. A real uh, digital person. Yeah, you know, I'm maybe only real online. Yeah, maybe you're not actually a real meat person because they can't actually. I mean, I can't even reach you right now. I could, I can't go through the camera yeah. and like touch you. But um, for anybody who is listening to this episode on audio, which is probably most of our audience, I am now starting a trend where I will be doing these episodes live on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, they'll be streaming on Twitch, and you can tune in with us Twitch.tv/robotsradio Monday nights, and then also probably playing some fallout 76 after that and i have this week i have uh, my daughter laney to join me to talk about fallout one and what life for the average human would be like in fallout one and laney you've joined me before it's been a while it was about a year yeah. and something ago and we recorded well, yeah. while riding in the car so now you officially get to be like you know on, on the video and you can say hi to the people in chat and chat if, welcome to the stream if you're in here and would like to chat with us and send us some messages while we talk feel free to do that we'll respond if we can and um laney can you tell them a little bit of a background as to what it is like you're you're not just my daughter, <laughs> so you get to, you know, be on the show, right? right? You're somebody who loves Fallout. I do Fallout. love Fallout. You do right, love Fallout, right? right? You you have legit credentials here, right? I've been playing Fallout for probably almost half of my life at this point. That's, you continuously fall. So you don't eat, you yeah. don't sleep, you just play Fallout just for play Fallout half of your life, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? <laughs> so I, well, you introduced me to Fallout when I was younger. Um, and I played Fallout 3 for years and then um i played a tiny bit of fallout new vegas and that's my bad because i know people really love it yeah. and i really need to play it <laughs> right. but i played fallout 3 so much like so unnecessarily much that i forgot there was a main quest and i was so young that like i still didn't grasp how games work i guess and i <laughs> did uh -huh. all the side quests and then finally realized that there was a main one that i had to do uh -huh. and it was good um and worth the wait i think you know even though i had already played the game so much right um, and I played Fallout 4 a ton. Right. And I love, I just right. love Fallout. I love the whole setting. I love the characters, all of it. So you just kind of got lost in the wasteland for the yeah. most part. <laughs> yeah. Somehow she still grew up, you know, she graduated from high school and she did all the regular right. like growing up things. Uh, but she also lost herself in the wasteland. So that's awesome. So this uh, this episode, some some of the people are in chat are like, woohoo, 100 episodes. That's next week, guys. So next <laughs> week, <laughs> I will be having some special guests on the show with me, including Ken from Chat of Fallout 76 and also the Fallout Hub, also Dave from the Fallout Hub, and Toon from the Tooniversal stream uh, will be joining me next week to talk about our 100th episode and some of our favorite bits in, in the lore and those kinds of things. It's going to be a big celebration. We'll have some fun stuff going on live again next week at the same time. Uh, but for this week, Lainey and I, and Lainey, I meant to ask, do you have like a cool gamer name that we should call you? Because I go by robots, and so I make sure that people know that because you can't just go by no, Tom on the internet because there's a half a million Toms in the world, right? You don't have like a cool gamer know. name? I'll have to figure one out. Yeah, you have to figure one out that people can... can uh, like I, I have my Discord, but that's pretty much it. Right. Do you want to share that just in case people want to chat with you after the yeah. show? Yeah, well, I'm already in the the robots radio discord right um 
it's Neos Pandora. So like N E O S P A N D O R A, like Pandora, like Pandora's box, and Neos is Greek for new. Which ah, it's ah, fun. So it's, it's a, new, a new problem that's going to destroy yeah. the world. <laughs> Congratulations. You are the new thing that is going to destroy the world. My joke You're at Laney regularly is that I don't realize how, how, I, how I raised such an evil child because you like <laughs> to sneak up on people and murder them and do all sorts of terrible yeah, things. Yeah, my favorite games. games are stealth games. Yeah, you're sneaky and murderous. Um, so, But this week we're talking about Fallout 1. One of the things I've been doing on the show recently is talking about Fallout 1. We've talked about the ghouls, we've talked about the brotherhood and the things going on in Fallout 1 because a lot of people didn't play Fallout 1. Um, and this week I wanted to talk with you about the the way life would feel for a regular human. Because it's fun to talk about, you know, super mutants and ghouls and all those those sorts of things, right? But for the most part, in Fallout games, you're you're a regular human. You're somebody who leaves a vault, and of course, you will become the protagonist and like the hero of the right. story. But you come across a lot of regular people, and a lot of these regular people are living these regular lives. And of course, with the shows that I do, I like to try to put our listeners in the shoes of being somebody in this world. So you've done a little bit of, of research into this. If you were a original, if you were a regular person in the world of fallout one, almost a hundred years after the bombs drop, where would you live? What would, what would the world be like? What do you think? So there's a few different places that were kind of right, the first settlements in the fallout games where most people would go. Um, and the first one you go to in the fall in Fallout One is mm -hmm. Shady Sands, and that's because it's closest to uh, Vault Fifteen, I believe. Right, it's kind of and like it, on your path to the first place you know you should be going. Right, it's right by Vault Fifteen and Vault Thirteen. So anyone who leaves those vaults, which was a thing that would happen because they became overpopulated, right. would end up in Shady Sands at least for a little bit. Okay, and what was Shady Sands like? Um, it was kind of desolate. So it was a nice little community, but they had lots of problems from. Um, the cons raiding them and from rad scorpions in particular. Mm -hmm. um, and they also didn't have very good agriculture. So they had enough to sustain themselves, but I don't know. They seem to be in this constant struggle just against the wasteland. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a tough life. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about uh, Fallout 1 is how many of these themes carry through all the way to the most recent games. So um, Fallout 76 is kind of the first game where it's actually set in an environment that is easy to grow things. That is, uh, you know, it's <laughs> not arid, is not absolutely right. destroyed. I mean, there are parts that are, but even in Fallout 1, you're in the desert. It's very hard to sustain mm -hmm. life. And, and it's, it's an irradiated place. You know, some of the areas are irradiated. So you have this environment that's already harsh for to, to begin with, right? It's full of raiders and people outside of this community that are just happy to take what's yours if they possibly can and are trying to manipulate Shady Sands in a lot of ways. So what kind of person ends up in Shady Sands? It can be anyone, really. Um, a lot of them wear very simple clothing. You know, they they work on the land. They do things to keep their small settlement safe and together. So mm -hmm. you would either be the kind of person who would defend the settlement or would just participate in keeping it running. Um, you'd also likely be a religious person. A lot of them um, talk about Dharma and it's not clear if that's in reference to actual like Dharma as we know it and things like the Buddha, um, or if it's right. just them talking about, you know, it's a word that got picked up and in their time, it means something different about a different religious leader or 
spiritual person that they might know. Right. But they have a whole community for it there. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting point. Um, and it's one of those things that comes up again, again, in even the more, most recent games, this idea that uh, belief takes hold in people, whether it's the, um, mm -hmm. well, it, I mean, it's, the, you've got the children of Adam, you've got uh, the people who in um, Fallout 3, speaking of Fallout 3, who make it to Megaton and end up worshiping the bomb, right? I've lost you. Okay. You've lost me? Am I back? Am I, I back? lost you just for a second. Yeah, okay. you're okay. Uh, yeah, it may be maybe just uh, some internet jumps, but you have like the people worshiping the bomb. Um, no, actually, I lost you again. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Check it, check it, check. Oh, you look like you're back. Are you back? Sorry, guys. You're uh, back this, now. I canceled out of the Twitch stream. Okay. Sorry yeah, maybe that. your bandwidth is running out. Um. So anyway, you have um, like people in Fallout Three. You have uh, worshiping the bomb in Megaton, right? So there's this idea that uh, mm -hmm. belief takes hold. People in desperate situations often grasp whatever they can when it comes to belief. So that's that's really interesting. So would you say that the people in Shady Sands are like the common people? They're not necessarily the ones who have given up and have become raiders and just are doing whatever they can. They're trying to pitch in. They're trying to build a community. Yeah, they're mostly just keeping to themselves. Right, right. Right. So if you didn't end up in Shady Sands, where else would you have ended up? So um, there's a few more other areas. You might end up in the hub, for example, which is the main trading center in Fallout 1. If mm -hmm. there's um, caravans, right, they come out of the hub. And so if you go to the hub, you can find pretty much anything. And if you were to be there, you might become a trader. And that could be how you live. And it would be a nice way to live, given that you would be surrounded by other people protecting your caravan, or you could be the guard of the caravan with a trader by your side. So you wouldn't be alone in the wasteland and you'd have an income, which could be good. Well, yeah, I mean, you need to kind of make a living <laughs> for yourself somehow, right? So it's it's like become a trader, become some sort of mercenary who protects the traders or a bodyguard, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, farming in either of those communities, right. they probably have you know the need for at least some, some basic farming. Although with the trade community, you could live off the farm supplies of other places completely, but that puts you at a major disadvantage. Um, You'd have to scavenge for things instead. You have to have something to give. Yeah. Yeah. So. Unless they're giving their service as traders. Right. Right. Interesting. Um, so as <laughs> in the society, you wouldn't really, you don't really have a choice so much as you just end up in a place and. Right. You, e you either acclimate and take on whatever role you can in that community or not. Do you find yeah, probably that probably it's better to acclimate than it would be to leave? It's so much more dangerous if you're just alone in the wasteland. Right. And so in these in these communities, you often have the perspective of uh, if you're going to survive and you're going to be part of the community, then you need to chip in. Otherwise, mm -hmm. and there are definitely storylines where this happens throughout all the all the fall games, like somebody doesn't chip in. So they get kicked out. They're mm -hmm. they're not carrying their weight. So there's very much this like you must chip in to survive. You, you must do what you need to do. And in thinking about this, I, I often think about like what happens in our world. We have a society where many people want to live by their own rules. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just even just look at like the modern <laughs> the modern things we're dealing with the pandemic. Right. 
People don't want other people to tell them how to live their lives, even when it comes to wearing a mask, something as simple right. as putting something on your face. What happens Which when is a, awful. Wear a mask, please. <laughs> right. Please wear a mask. Uh, but what happens when that kind of person shows up at Shady Sands and they're like, hey, I'd like to live as part of a community. I'd like to you know, make a living, have a place to live, have some food on my table, those kinds of things. And they're like and they hand them like a pitchfork and they're like, start shoveling. Hey, here you go. And they go. What I'd rather do this, you know, I'm I'm a I'd rather I'm a singer. Do you guys need a singer? And they're like, no, <laughs> shovel yeah. some hay, you know, like like you don't really have a choice. Right. Right. And I think, you know, in that context, it would be pretty silly not to choose to shovel the hay. Right. Because if your options are either do this task that may not be that great, but have a safe place to live around other people or just be out on your own. I don't know if you pick not to do the simple task what are you giving up really? Like you're giving up your entire livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, like when it comes to people in our society, are we, are we too pampered? Do we have it too easy? And how many of us wouldn't ultimately be able to make that jump would find it too difficult. What do you think? I think that the context really plays a huge role in it. In our society, we have been able to, um, for the most part, not not entirely, but for the average person, you'll likely have a job and be able to sustain yourself and that job will service other people. And we have it set up in such a way that that happens for the most part, hopefully. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you don't have just this constant need for survival. So it leaves room for things like culture to grow, where in the wasteland, you know, you can get that. So in settlements, that do have religions and things like that. They're safe enough that you can work beyond just the survival part. Right. But for the most part, you wouldn't experience that. You would just need to be surviving and doing the things that you have to do, which doesn't leave a lot of time for thinking about what you would like to do instead, or even developing other things to do that are either art related or community related because you just do not have the time or energy. Right. Everything becomes focused on the here and now rather than the long term. Um, And and I think that relates to um, some of what is appealing about some of the leaders that you come across in the games is that they they promise something in the long term. Somebody like Mm -hmm. a Roger Maxson is saying, listen, we need to do what we need to do right here and now, but we need to plan for the future. That's why the Brotherhood is inspiring early on uh, and continues to be. Um, It's also why some of the villains end up being as powerful as they are is because they're 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 giving people something beyond just the here and now. And you end up with a lot of really, really desperate people Um, on the second half of this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the psychology of some of this and and Maslow's hierarchy of needs and some of that stuff. Um, What about some of the other locations that you would find humans, regular humans living in? Yeah, so um, Junktown is another area. It um, was one of the earliest uh, settlements that was created, but they have a lot of really interesting characters there. So they have Doc Morbid, who's an exceptionally high cost doctor. Doc Morbid. And, His name is right. Fallout One. There's a doctor <laughs> with the name Doc Morbid. If you haven't played it, isn't that awesome? Would you want to go to Doc Morbid? What's so funny about that is that he is well-regarded. The other doctor you encounter, I believe it's Shady Sands, was trained under Doc Morbid. Uh-huh. So people people love him. People go to him. He's well-regarded. You have to pay a lot to be worked on by him. 
Right. But his name is Doc Morbid. <laughs> right. Yeah. In Fallout 1, they even have some like really strange, almost like cyberpunky kinds of things going on. Like some people actually have like arms replaced with like mechanical parts and stuff. <laughs> Like that happens a little bit yeah. in the games. It's, I mean, they kind of started down that path and then they didn't continue all the way down that path for the, you know, the later games. But yeah, there's a little bit of, of that kind of thing going on. Well, I think that, you know, they continued on the path, but not in the way that you would expect. So since I think would be down that path, mm -hmm. but yeah. just not in the way that a lot of people like for them to have been. <laughs> right. Like you, you wouldn't like in a game like cyberpunk, you augment your body and eventually you replace yourself into something that could resemble something right. like a synth. But yeah, in the fallout world, it was like, well, let's just design a complete separate, you know, human type being. Yeah. Yeah. Let's replace the humans with it, but not in a way that they like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Ace in chat talks about Kellogg. Do you remember Kellogg from fallout four? The, yeah, yeah. He was the guy who took the, he took, took uh, your baby. baby. Yeah. 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 He says, uh, would Kellogg be down that path too? Absolutely. He did yeah. have parts of his body modified. Right. Yeah. There's always, a, and that's, and that's interesting. This is another one of those things that you can connect all the way back to fallout one are these, these ideas and they, and something like this doesn't really come up that much. Like you don't come across that many characters who have body modifications. It's actually yeah. pretty rare, but yeah, it, it still happens. Like that concept is in the games. Mm-hmm. So, so what else is going yeah. on with Junktown? So they also have a gang, only one gang. It's called Skulls, and they, they even say that they're the meanest gang in town. But it's not hard to be the meanest gang in town if you're the only gang in <laughs> you're town. You're the only gang in town. And there's <laughs> Skulls with a Z. Yeah, S-K-U-L-Z, one L. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fev talks, mentioned in chat, uh, wasn't that a plot point for Van Buren? Um, it might have been. I, I don't remember specifically, but uh, I'll have to go back and look that up. Um, yeah, so the Skulls gang, the only gang in town. Junktown yeah. mm -hmm. doesn't seem like the kind of place you'd want to be for very long. Um, probably from the gang activity. Yeah, it's a little rougher. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, where else could you possibly end up? So, these two kind of go hand in hand. There's um, a doomsday cult that you could join called the Children of the Cathedral. Mm -hmm. Um and cults come up again throughout the whole series of Fallout games, of course. Right, right. This is, um, this is tied back to that whole need for belief thing. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's Unity, which is a project that the character called the Master is working on. Right. Where he strives to essentially turn all humans into one perfect race, which <laughs> is incredibly problematic uh, on its own. It's even worse when you find out that that one race is actually super mutants. Right. And that doesn't that doesn't have echoes of like Nazism or anything. Right. right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that sounds like a good idea. That didn't work back in the mid 20th century, but <laughs> we should just try it again. They just they just didn't have it right yet. Yeah. Turn That's them on the super mutants. And he of course, the, the master is a mutant it, himself. Right. So. Right. And he yeah. thought that by doing it, he would be eliminating the differences that cause strife between other people. So he thought that he would bring us all together by creating these perfect monsters which did not work <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's it's nice when uh villains have a um you know a misguided but good intention like on the right. surface it sounds good oh we're eliminating strife and conflict which is why people would volunteer for it either for that or for the money you know if you're in the wasteland and you and you really are just out of luck and you think maybe you can go through this experiment and survive the other end why not try i guess right right <laughs> Yeah, and the chil children of the cathedral was kind of, uh, as Feb mentions here, is kind of a front for what was actually right. going on. So, 
Yeah, it was a cover for all of that happening and people, you know, would join the cult and then get wrapped up in the other things going on. Uh, but some people would just join what they consider the faithful. And a lot of those people were um, raised to be volunteers if you were born with it or you'd be indoctrinated into it like uh, mm-hmm. later on in your life. Um, and they would go to other locations in the wasteland and help people, which also sounds really nice. You know, you have a lot of layers that make it sound like there's nothing shady going on there at all, but they're creating some shady. of the worst <laughs> enemies you might come across. <laughs> shady sands going on? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I think this is another one of those things that we can look at our own world and we can say, yeah, how much of the time are the things that are truly evil wrapped in some sort of candy coating that make them look like they're good they have this like good intention but really at the core they're they're rotten or they're they're that way in order to manipulate other people into thinking that they're good yeah that's why it's so important to like actually research things and look past just you know what you're being told about something and actually create a better idea of what it is right right so okay so for the most part you have two locations which for, you know, the Shady Sands in the hub where people can go or that will find their way there usually and can make kind of a normal, as normal a life as you can have, right? A place where you work, a place where you have a community, a place where you pitch in and you're trying to defend yourself from the dangers of the world around you. And then the junk town's a little bit rougher. And then if you, and, and I don't want to say it like you go off the deep end, mm-hmm. but if you are... Uh, because it's a lot. A lot of times, joining cults is due to ignorance and trust, and trust isn't right. a bad thing. Well, there's a lot of things that probably people in the wasteland are experiencing that lead them to be the perfect candidate to to be vulnerable be into a cult. Right? Yeah. Anyone who's looking for a sense of purpose, um, any sense of community, if you just feel alone, it's really easy to be manipulated into something that is good. And you know, when you combine that with the echo chamber that you're in when you're in a cult. It just makes it worse. You know, if all you know is that this thing will be good for you and that this sense of community is like giving you what you need, it's why people in cults love bomb, right? If that's what you're looking for, it's super easy to get sucked in. Right. Right. Yeah. So any other thoughts on this before we move to the, the middle of the show? After after the middle of the show, we're going to come back and talk about the psychology of, of some of this stuff. I'm okay right now. Okay, cool. Let's move. Again, I'm doing this for the first time, so I've got all the sound effects triggered and stuff. So here we go. Let's move to the middle of the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello there, old chap. 
Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. So thank you, everybody, for joining me as usual. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and with me today is Lainey. And uh, next week we have... As I mentioned earlier, our hundredth episode, and it will be a very special episode, streaming again live on Monday night. And then the week after that, we will be doing our patron episode with our tier four patrons. So there's still time to sign up if you'd like to join us. We're going to be talking about mods and things that you've modded uh, Fallout with and how you use mods, maybe your favorite mods, those kinds of concepts. So we'll see you then. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, we're back with the end of the episode. And Lainey, you you brought some psychology into this, and I like to I like to do that as well when I talk about things. It's almost like you're my kid. Um so <laughs> in the show notes you have uh and I noticed this right away when you shared it, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'm sure there are a number of our listeners that know what that means but can you break that down again oh, oh no i'm back oh we're I, back i'm so sorry that keeps happening yep it looks like maslow's hierarchy maslow's hierarchy <laughs> maslow's hierarchy of needs so how does that work what is what is maslow's hierarchy of needs and how does that apply to fallout i kind of referenced it earlier but out of context um and just a very simplified version of it this idea that if you don't have your bare necessities you can't you know, get culture and things like that. Mm-hmm. But on a Not very like fundamental... bear, like a bear's necessities, like honey <laughs> and trees to rub your back on. Mm-hmm. Right. Like food and water. <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. So it, on a very like individual level, if you as a person are missing food, water, shelter, um, even just a sense of safety, you know, which if you're in the wasteland, you're probably missing at least a couple of those, right. um, at least in a consistent way. You don't have time to de- develop things like, on a really low level, friendships, which I think, you know, in hard times, if you're around other people, you will either develop friendships or something quite the opposite. Well, they're, they're, um, it's almost like relationships based out of need rather than uh, right. pleasure. And you don't have time to pick and choose who your friends right, are, really. Right. You just kind of bond with whoever's there if you can mm-hmm. trust each other. But on a higher level, um, you don't have the space to really think about yourself as an individual. Um, you don't have the space to create art, like I mentioned earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to feel other feelings like pride in things like that, other than in just the fact that you made it through another day. You know, you don't have the ability to dive into any of these other areas of your life because you simply do not have the time or energy. Right. Especially so, if you're not getting, you know, food and water and things like that. Enough. Right. So the pyramid itself is structured. It's structured like a pyramid. And mm-hmm. at the very bottom level is physiological need. So that's obviously like just the ability to exist, you know, right. feed yourself to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself out of pain and discomfort, those kinds of things. And then there's safety. And that's, uh, you know, security, being uh, being able to sleep at night because you you don't fear that you're going to be eaten by something um, or attacked by somebody who wants your stuff. Um, and then there's the next level up, which is psychological need. So that's where you're talking about belonging and love, like mm-hmm. uh, having friends, having a community, having a family, those kinds of things. And then there's esteem, which is like, what would, how would you describe esteem? I think about it as... Um really thinking about beyond just where you end up out of necessity, where you fall in a community. So like how you regard yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's one thing to be in 
a settlement and fallout and be maybe in charge of something, right? Because that would put you above, that would make you a superior. But I think there's a difference between being in that position because you have to and having like earned your way to a position, maybe not in an area that is just necessity. Right. You can, you can actually regard yourself as being important for a reason and like valued. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, chipping into the community, feeling like you're part of something bigger than just yourself. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And then at the very top of the pyramid, the very top, like, little little triangle right at the top, is uh, self-actualization. Now, what is that? Most people don't reach this point. So something that's interesting about this pyramid is that you might get a few things from a couple different levels. Um, Most people never reach the top. And that's okay. So, right, so there's plenty of people in our day and age that don't meet even their physiological needs, you know, right at the bottom. Right. And so it's okay to like fall wherever you fall on this. It, it happens, you know, that's just life. Right. It's a, just, it's, it's more of a descriptor rather than a, there's no judgment. Like if you, if you right. live in a society where you can't get clean water, you can't get clean water. That's obviously the biggest concern. You're not going to be worried about like becoming the greatest piano player in the world and self-actualizing yourself into that. Right. You're going right. to be worried about exactly what it's saying. Right. So, um, and in terms of like the self-actualization part of the pyramid, a lot of that has to do um, partially with like mastering skills, um, skills that you want to master, right? That's mm-hmm. a big part of all of this, just like with the rest of it. It's different if you have to do something out of necessity. Um, but it can also have to do with feel, feeling spiritual in a way that like connects you with the things around you, um, self-actualizing about who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. All of that falls into that category. Right. And this is um, this ties to individuals. This also ties to society in general. Mm-hmm. The more that we can, as a society, contribute to the well-being of other people, the more people can move up that pyramid, the more they can contribute back to society. So if you have a society where everybody's stuck on the, the bottom two levels worrying about basic needs, then like you were saying, you're not going to have art you're not going to have right. um, uh, it, those people are never going to get to a place where they can take on the needs of other people. And in fact, because they are in so desperate need for themselves, they will often be taking away from other people in order to simply fulfill their own existence. Um, but if and we can. Can I comment on that real quick? Sure. Yeah. Um, in, in regards to the art thing, you know, I can imagine there are probably people listening that do you think, you know, people would create art and sure people would create art on a very small level or even on a large level, but because of the way the wasteland is, it's unlikely that anything will rise as a trend Mm -hmm. or that anything will become particularly noteworthy amongst more people than just who's in their vicinity. Right. right? So nothing can happen as an entire society because it's just impossible. It doesn't make any sense unless there's like a better way, maybe between trading, you could eventually pass things on, but it's just unlikely that any one person would make that happen. Because everyone is so broken that they, right. you, you can't sustain something beyond that. Right. Um, so people care about things on an individual level in terms of like art or art styles that they like or any of that, but you just, there's some, it's, there's no way to make it reach the entire wasteland. Right, right. And this is one of those uh, measuring sticks that I use when I think historically about different cultures. You know, one of the reasons why we hold, uh, for example, ancient Greek culture in such high esteem is that many of the communities were... Um, self-sufficient enough and took care of enough of their people that a, a, a significant percentage of those people rose to the ability to create art or philosophy 
or right. education or these greater concepts and share them with other people. That this is one of the one of the measuring sticks of how healthy a society is. Um, so when we take this and move it into a fallout context, you have the wasteland and you have a world like what's in Fallout One, just you know, ninety years after the bombs dropped. And what level would you say most people are at? Well, probably at the very beginning. Right at the be but but here's the thing: in a culture, in a in a society like Shady Sands, you mm -hmm. might be able to take care because you're living with other people, because you're taking care of your basic needs. You might be able to move up into that physiological section. Um, well, I might, think you'd be past that. You'd be past. You'd be past the bare needs. You know, even though they do struggle with food in Shady Sands, sure, they are getting enough to get by. They could probably get past the physiological needs and the safety needs for the most part. At times, they are because sometimes at you, times, right, right. Because sometimes right. you fall back down and then you're constantly moving right. between rungs. But I think that any any relationships they make along the way, those things still matter. So, like, even if you go back down it, they're still reaching these higher areas, right. Because they're able to and they have the time to. Right, right. So um, dealing with things like belongingness, making friends with other people, mm -hmm. uh, finding a place in society, contributing to that place in society, um, you know, talking to a guard and the guard feeling like not only is this my job, but it's my duty to my neighbors and my society to keep people safe. That's right. that's a higher level thing. Um, so it, it does show that that in some of these communities, people are moving up into at least the mid tier, the mid tiers. <laughs> of the of the pyramid now talking about self-actualization is would you consider anybody that you've that you've come across your research so far in fallout one to be self-actualized i think that in a really sick way the master <laughs> might be yeah i was thinking maybe <laughs> the same thing yes and and that's if the thing is that this again is no judgment of good or good or bad. Right. This is just your place on the. You can self-actualize into a really dark place. Oh yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> um, I think you know he has the means to be doing these experiments. Right. Uh, clearly, he's surviving, and he's surviving enough to even pay other people to be involved in right. what he's doing. Right. Um, I think there are some other people who might be able to get there. You know, part of the self-actualization part comes less at that point from if your needs are met and more about if you're willing to put in the work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So members so, of the brotherhood, um, the brotherhood leadership, yeah. I would say is self-actualized uh, at this point in time. Um, there are some other leaders in the communities that I, I think probably reach the status. Um, in the hub, there's, uh, there used to be, I mean, there is still technically in the game, right. like an <laughs> underground section of it and the normal section of it. And at one point, um, Decker is the guy who runs the underground. He ends up running the whole town mm -hmm. or whole settlement, you know, because he works his way up through the ranks and now he's rolling in illegal money. He can give loans out to people. So I would consider him self-actualized in a way, but also not in like the greatest way necessarily. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, anything else about the psychology of this? Yeah, so I think that a big part of all of this, right, is that they are in danger a lot. And if you're stuck in the wasteland outside of a settlement, you are in constant peril. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would have a really negative effect on people. And, you know, it'd be one thing, depending on how long you've lived in the wasteland, right, it's going to affect someone differently who lived through the war, you know, whether as a ghoul or in whatever circumstance through the vault or anything, versus if you're born in that scenario mm -hmm. or if you grew up in a vault and left the vault you know the wasteland is going to affect you differently because it's changing the way that you are developing 
when you're right. younger, it's going to be your expectations. when you're older. Yeah. Right. Your expectations um, are defined by what you experience as a child. So, you know, like existential dread, for example, is something that people experience in every society. You know, this idea just of what, you know, we are so temporary. What are we, what are we doing? Um, and the impact of that is referred to as mortality salience. And mm-hmm. that can be a huge factor. And the way that it affects people can be really different. You know, some people can take that to empower them, you know, and do what they can with the time that they have, or they can just end up overwhelmed by it. Right. And people go back and forth all the time, even in our society, it's pretty normal. You know, if that's something that you think about, it affects your life. Yeah. Um, there's a theory, it's the terror management theory that kind of guesses why people do things like joining religions or gangs or, Mm -hmm. um, it's all about Anything hopes and fears. It. Right. So mm-hmm. it's so distressing that you might not have any value after you die to some people that they will jump at anything. And sometimes what happens is um, you just become stubborn in your own beliefs. So like, even if you don't join a new religion or a gang or any of that, right? you can hold on to what you are doing in a, such a way that it actually things that were working for you become a deficit because you're taking them too seriously now. Um, Or the world changes and your ideals don't match. Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also this part of this, right. Where if you are so concerned that you will have no importance or real value or like you, you don't exist after you die or like something out of your control happens after you die and you just don't know. It's, strange to think that someone would join something that may hurt them. Um, Mm -hmm. Because why would you take the time that you have left to pick something that is hurtful to you? But I think if you think about it for two more seconds, even in our context today, people choose things that hurt them all the time, right? just for, for many reasons. And one of them being that they, they don't know what they're doing. They're clinging to something. Um, And it's normal for that to happen. Um, and once you're in it, it's way harder to get out. So like with a cold, as I was saying earlier, once you're in the echo chamber and it's all, you know, if you're born into it, that is the only way of life you have. It's so scary to leave it. Sometimes it's scary because the people who run, if you're in a doomsday cult would run the cult, or if you're in a gang, the leaders of the gang that are keeping you there. Um, and the things that you've tied yourself to through it. Mm -hmm. Socially too. Sometimes sometimes social pressure is one of those things that keeps you. Right. It's really scary to leave that. So if it's Mm. everything that you know and you don't know what's out there, it's terrifying. It's even more terrifying when you do know what is out there and it's the wasteland. Right. Right. Yeah. Like when when you think your only your only two choices are, okay, I stay with the, you know, the children of the cathedral, even though this doesn't feel right to me anymore. Or I go out in the wasteland and I get attacked by ghouls and death claws. Like, like you may convince yourself that you have no more options than that and so so you stay where you are yeah absolutely and that's exactly what leads to things like um like the jonestown incident with the kool-aid where people actually died and it's that's where the expression drinking the kool-aid comes from by the way if anybody doesn't know yeah so you know people were so invested in this cult that they took their lives for it some of them genuinely believing that it would take them to a better place that's what the cult was about Mm -hmm. Um, some of them because they really didn't think they had any other option anymore. Right. I just put all my faith in bottle. In bottle. <laughs> well, I put all my faith in Cappy. So. Uh, well, okay. Sorry. well, we can be friends. 
at least. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're friends. They're buds. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That. So it makes sense that like you end up with a world where, you know, Fallout 1, this is, these are the choices that people have. Um, right. And the people who wrote these games, it, it makes sense that, you know, like they decide these were the choices. Like you probably fall into one of these situations. This, right. <laughs> here you go. Pick one. <laughs> you know, like that's what you got. So. Well, very cool. Um, chat, if you guys have anything else you want to share while we wrap up the episode, feel free uh, to type it in in chat right now. After this, I will be streaming some Fallout 76. Uh, I'm going to be continuing my uh, my new character, Captain Robots, uh, attempting to save the wasteland. Uh, and maybe BuddyBot will join us. Yeah, that would be really cool. See, I, I move my mouth like I'm doing his voice, but I'm not actually doing his voice. No, totally different person. He's I just puppeteering you. He's puppeteering me. That's You're what's happening puppet. here. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so stay tuned on Twitch uh, to check out the, the stream of 76 after we end this. Uh, Lainey, this has been super fun. Thank you for doing the research and, and bringing me. this together. Um, would you like to join us next week for our 100th episode? I would love come, to. Come do that. 100 episodes, that's so many. That's that's a lot. That's way more than 10. That's, yeah. That's almost 10 times Whew. 10. That's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Maybe 11 times 10. It's, well, no. No, that would be, that would be too many. That would be too many. 10 times 10 is 100. That was the joke. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Almost. <laughs> um, so if if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well. 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 Discord? Should they well, should they send you a I message guess on Discord. Discord? Right now, Discord. I'll figure out something real in the future. Okay. All right. Discord for now. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks for joining us. Um uh i guess i'll let you go have a good rest of your night and uh yeah. and wastelanders vault dwellers uh you guys stay safe out there and uh if you decide to join a cult think about it a little bit try to figure out which of your uh needs you're fulfilling and <laughs> and maybe there's a better way to do it all right guys next time i'll talk to you later <laughs> see you guys later have a good one Woohoo! To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. This podcast was brought to you in part by our patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast, including our tier five patrons. Thank you so much to Firewriter for supporting the show. Also, if you're interested in business inquiries, advertising on the show, or applying to be a podcast on the Robots Radio Network, send me a message at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or robotsnetwork at gmail.com. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 